0: Got time for a quick story. We lost Ricky Nelson, obviously, way too soon, 1985. He would have been 82 on May 8th of 2022. And you wonder what kind of music he would have performed and what music he would have made. What would he have done in the studio? What ifs with pop music, rock music, Etc. Always a fascinating thing. Well, the best way to find out, well, as much as one can speculate, is to talk to the people that would have known the person the best. And if we're talking about Ricky Nelson, talking to one of his twin sons, Matthew and Gunnar of Nelson, it's probably a good thing to do. Got the chance to talk again to Matthew Nelson. I talked to him back in 2020. Um, and I got another chance to talk to him it's May of 2022 about Ricky Nelson's 82nd birthday and happened, what's happening that day. And this was a cool chat because we got to go more into what would have happened with Ricky Nelson's life and, and speculate on, on a lot of that. Really, really fascinating chat. Here you go talking to uh, Matthew Nelson about his father, Ricky Nelson. It's birthday time for your father. Would have been eighty-two, and that's why we're talking to you today about the eighty-second oh, birthday celebration. <laughs> oh, it's
1: up there! I, I can't believe it. I mean, I can't believe it. Um, you know, my my pop. You know, he. I I still feel him around. You know, and I know I lost him a long time ago, but he was only forty-five when we lost him, which is just crazy. Because now I'm fifty-four, and uh, so you know, I've, I've outlived him for for a while now but the, the amount of unbelievable music that he left behind and, and television and radio and movies, and what a what a guy, but in spite of all that, the thing is he was just such a good guy. He really was a sweetheart, and for the, the ladies out there, they still, I have, you know, my brother's got teenage daughters that kind of come over and see pictures of, uh, of our dad and just, they, they all freeze and go, who is that? You know, he was good looking.
0: <laughs> what do you think he would be doing today if he were still with us? Uh, you know
1: you know what I think? Honestly, I genuinely think that Pop would be performing. Uh, he just loved playing music, and I think he would still, honestly, he'd look great. He'd be a silver fox. He would have bled his hair, just go salt and pepper, because a lot of men in the family, that's what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And, and he would be singing really well, and I think Gunnar and I would probably spend a bunch of our time playing with him, you know, being in his band and backing him up. And it would be a, probably a family affair kind of thing. We'd still do our music, but, uh, you know, that way we could, you know, always just kind of hang out with our dad. And I think that would have been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, that, that's my fantasy parallel universe, you <laughs> know what I mean? But um, uh, when I miss him, I, uh, I, I, I put on his music. And for the last year, you know, we've been restoring the Nelson show, Ozzy and Harriet, in 4K in high def. And uh, so I've been visiting with him a lot and remixing some of his songs, and at least I have that. It's it's quite a blessing.
0: If I'm probably the one million seven hundred and sixty second thousandth person to ask this question, but if he doesn't pass, does Mm -hmm. your career as Nelson happen the way it does? Same track, or is it again? That's talk about parallel universes,
1: right? Right? Right?
0: What is it? What happens then?
1: Now, first of all, absolutely. Amazing question. That really is probably the best question I've gotten ever in an interview because Gunnar and I talk about that all the time. And the answer is a resounding no. Nelson would not have happened the way that it did. It might not have ever happened at all because we were jettisoned into the world. I mean, you know, one day we're living with our dad after, you know, uh, reconnecting with him. It's not that we lost touch. It's just that our parents, when we were growing up, they had a horrible divorce and we had to live with our mother and on our 18th birthday moved in with him. We lost him only three and a half months after that. But in those three and a half months, we really got to know him. But when he passed away, it was suddenly. And Gunnar and I were just kicked out in the world like, OK, you know, go find a place to live. Go find a way to make you know make money. And I know you've got your band that you've been working on for years, but, uh, you know, you're really on your own. I mean, starkly on our own. And so God put Gunnar and I in the world together. And we really look at it that way. We needed each other. We were really blessed with that. We always had our dream of music. And we were close, but close enough to where we did Saturday Night Live and chose on the way home to disband what we were doing and restart it with Gunner. He was on the drums back then. He came up and started singing with me, and we really focused on songwriting because we learned, you know. and you look at our dad's career, it was all about hit songs. Yeah, he was great looking. He had a TV show, but his songs were undeniably awesome. And so um, we learned how to write, and, and we were really focused. I mean, basically, music for us was not a hobby. It was our salvation. And, and it was our, our true love. And and I think that it rescued us out of the despair of losing our best friend the way that we did. I mean, I found out about it on the car radio and uh, Gunner on television. So there was a lot of, you know, for all, our whole lives, it was, you know, a lot of adversaries in a lot of people's lives were no, we're no different. But uh, we chose to rise above it through music. And that's why our first album called After the Rain, for a reason, was about overcoming all of that and never quitting. And I think that's the Nelson legacy truly is we just don't quit.
0: He had his final studio album in 85, obviously. And what's Mm -hmm. kind of fascinating about that, thinking of how music has gone since then, doing studio new versions, new studio versions, that's been done by so many artists over the past few decades They come back and revisit their music for all varying sorts of reasons. That seems to sure. be one of the earlier examples. I mean, unless you go back to like the Sinatra era of uh, you'll do multiple versions of songs, but that's just what you did. But to then explicitly say, I'm going to take these old recordings, I'm going to do, th- or these old songs, do them again.
1: Um, well, You know why they did that? I mean, there's really yeah. a very, very simple yeah. reason why artists have done that, and and that's because... The record companies had a <laughs> stranglehold on their masters. Right. So, so what they did was on in their recording contracts, and people don't know this, but there's something called the re-record restriction. And if you don't have a re-record restriction, these artists, especially our dad, kind of was one of the first guys to kind of do it. We went in and he resang and recut and redid his early songs, the ones that frankly made all the money. And that way, he could license them or put them on a record, as you mentioned, and all that stuff. And it was. It was something that, you know, these big mega record companies had gotten to the point where they really didn't care about legacy artists too much anymore. And so they were basically withering on the vine. It was my dad's way kind of taking his life and his his music back. And it's kind of a drag that you have to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, Gunnar and I, frankly, were just at that point because we've been around long enough with our songs, our hit songs and stuff have come back to that, that time. And we were able to negotiate with our record company to be partners, joint venture kind of thing. Uh, but back then, they just weren't budging. So, you know, I hand it to guys like our dad and, and, and all of those. Art Roy Orbison did it. A lot of people that were the pioneers kind of went back, and as you said, they, they recut their songs. And um, the only drag is, obviously, you know, our dad was 16 or 17 years old when he cut his original hits. You know, I mean, Traveling Man, Hello, Hello Mary Lou, is 21. And, you know, you throw a couple of decades of touring and you know, spring menthol 100 cigarettes, and your voice changes a little bit. And he struggled with that a little bit on that. They didn't have any kind of technology at all to to fix it in the mix or computer stuff. It was not that era. So um, it was a it was a real effort. And um, you know, it's kind of neat looking back on it now. That you know, again, it's like, like I said, we don't quit. You just figure out a way. It's like you're you're marine. You adapt. You overcome. And uh, that's how they did it.
0: So would he? Do you th- again speculation here? Mm-hmm. But over the over the past, oh, getting almost close to four decades now, uh, what do you okay. see his recorded output have being over that time? Would he have done? New music. Would he have done other recordings, either of his music, or would he have started to do, like you know how the Great American Songbook has kind of become a thing of other artists re-recording? Around that time was when Linda Ronstadt was kind of first starting to do that again in the eighties. Sure, and just... Rod
1: Stewart did it as well. Yeah. yeah. What do you think he would have mm-hmm. done? You know, I, I'm 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 pretty certain he probably would have done at least one of those types of records, uh, and probably because Linda and Rod and all those people did it and it wasn't kind of as un- uncool as it used to be. Um, so I think that probably somebody would have talked him into that, like a Clive Davis or something like that. I mean, th- the thing that was cool about our pop was that he, he genuinely kind of was the-, the full package, you know, he had uh, quite a history and, and uh, you know, decades in the business, but he was always great looking. He was always really s- super humble. I mean, if you ever got to meet him, he's a s- really sweet hearted man and uh, very kind and I, I think that he would have probably done that, but I honestly believe that he would have gotten back to you sitting in a room with his guitar and writing a song and then creating a sound around it. He was actually a very good producer. Uh, people don't realize this or give him credit for it as much as he should get, but when he started out, there was no such thing as a record producer. You had to kind of make it up. It was so early. I mean, talking 57, you mm-hmm. know? and. Record producers came in in the 60s when, you know, frankly, they wanted these bands that were getting high all the time to kind of focus and not blow the budget. So they would bring somebody in that was like a babysitter that would help them guide their music for the most part. But in the beginning, it was our dad and maybe our grandfather, Ozzy, that he was bouncing ideas off of because Ozzy was a band leader. So he knew music, but they made it up. And then with things like, you know, by the time he got to the Stone Canyon Band, frankly, people had kind of largely forgotten about him at the big company he was at which was mca so he produced albums like garden party himself it was just him so he was kind of like he was like prince who basically he was friends with by the way but he was like that and nobody ever knew that about him he was really astute at getting behind a recording console and knew what sound was how to make his voice in particular sound a certain way you know he would always get crazy if somebody tried to throw something called a compressor on his voice because he liked the nuances that those kind of gizmos killed. And, uh, you know, so I think, honestly, he would have... Um, I think he would have had a varied career. He definitely wouldn't have given up performing, because that's what he loved more than anything. I think he would have taken a little bit of a break. Actually, when we lost him, the irony there was he had just told us that he wanted to stay home and spend more time with us and work with our, our music as our producer, and then we lost him. So uh, I don't think that he ever would have stopped playing music, um, and I think he would have... Uh, the one thing that was really hobbling him was his incessant touring schedule. He was on the road for over 300 days a year. And at a certain point, you know, there is burnout. you got to take some time. And um, he never got to that point. But I definitely think that his music would have been very interesting and very viable, actually.
0: When you said Prince, it perked up immediately here in western Wisconsin. We're not that far from the Twin Cities. And there's you can definitely tell, as, as popular as Prince is in general, you start to get in this territory, and the fandom picks up even more so just because of <laughs> g- geography. So, how did I'm your, with you. yeah? I'm with how, you. I know it's such such excellent music. It, it's non nonstop. I'm so glad we're getting all. I mean, I wish Prince were still with us, but I'm glad we're getting all the vault oh, I stuff. Do
1: too. What? How I did do too. I, Gunner and I? Gunner and I actually had a, a little encounter with Prince. I'll tell you about in a second. But go ahead and ask your question. Well, the encounter. So, how did your dad
0: know, and, and then go on with how you ran into Prince with Gunner?
1: From what I understand from my father's manager, Prince was a big fan of my dad's. And um, and he actually asked to meet our father and went and, and, and just introduced himself and started playing my dad's hits to him. Like, he, he knew the records. <laughs> Prince just picked up a guitar and just started singing Ricky Nelson songs. <laughs> so I, I thought that was really good. I didn't know that until recently, but when we lost our father, Gunner and I were asked to do a tribute for him that year. It was 1986, uh, The Height of Purple Rain. Uh, and Prince was presenting an award or something. He had these massive bodyguards and stuff like that. It was a huge deal. And uh, Dick Clark, who was putting on the show, the American Music Awards, asked us to sing a song to our dad, and after it was done, he said, is there anybody that you want to meet? And Gunnar and I, for some reason, said, well, you know, Julian Lennon was there. It would be interesting to see him, you know, and talk about his dad and stuff. And, And we had a really not good encounter with that. I think he was imbibing in certain things that made him not a very nice person, and he completely blew us off, like, resoundingly, horribly, blew us off. We were, and like, so much so that Dick Clark looked at us and said, I'm so sorry, and we just went, that's okay. You know, we kind of shrugged it off, and we were backstage in this tiny little thing, and we came around a corner, Gunnar and I, and ran face-to-face, like, two feet away from Prince, and these massive bodyguards were behind him. And we had just, did our, you know, we had just sung our acoustic song, our tribute to our dad, and he looked at us, back and forth, and just said, I like your sound. Keep doing it. And he kind of gave us a nod, and he walked by. And it was like, oh my gosh. It was kind of like getting a blessing from the Pope. I mean, seriously, I'm getting chills thinking about it. I mean, I loved Prince, still do. When I saw the thing that he did at the Super Bowl, which I honestly play once a year just to get inspired, to show an audience of people that didn't grow up with him, largely, just he just owned it. And then it started raining as he's singing Purple Rain. I mean, that... You know, Mm -hmm. it's just I'm getting chills. You know, those are those those people that uh, it's like when I met Paul McCartney. It's the same thing. It's just there are very few people that I can say are not of this world. And he's one of them. And uh, true, true, true. Nothing but absolute total respect for Prince.
0: Oh, wow, that is such a blessing, such a nod, <laughs> Prince to you. <laughs> it,
1: and it was right before we really kind of got our stuff together. And, and the funny thing was, we, we look back all these years later, my brother and I, every major break we've ever had has always come down to the two brothers singing with two acoustic guitars, from, from, you know, frankly, kicking the door down after years of negotiations and, you know, telling a guy at the record company, just sit down, we wrote a song, and we, we sang Love and Affection, which turned out to be a number one song for us, or you know, we played to 65,000 people that came to just see us with two acoustic guitars and sing And as much as we dress it up or whatever, that still is the thing that just does it. And I think it goes back to that day with Prince, you know, and, uh, he, he knew what he, he knew what was good. And, um, Connor and I actually, we did a video at Paisley park at his studio there. Uh, it was our fourth video for our song. Only time will tell. And, um, you know, just the whole vibe and all that. I, I, anybody that's a musician or a songwriter or an entertainer, and he was all of them, you know, to to have a guy that... Imagine being in his band, as good as you are, and he had the best players you could possibly find. He was better than you. And he would demonstrate it by doing the round robin. It's like, okay, now he's playing the drums. Okay, now he's doing the bass solo. Okay, now he's playing lead guitar. By the way, amazing lead guitar player. So... I could talk about Prince for a long time, but mm-hmm. um, he's a real inspiration.
0: Oh boy, yeah, yeah, yeah! There's uh, it, it's never ending what we hear about him. So, yeah. traditions in your family from the last interview with you and when I talked to Gunnar a few years ago are big. What was uh, what were birthdays like with your with your father over the years?
1: Well, when he could uh, when he was there, you know, he was touring an awful lot. Um, Towards the end, you know, when, when we were a little older, we would actually go out with him if we could. If, we, if he was playing a show, I remember there was one time we were playing in, in he was playing in Houston at a place called Astro World. I don't even think they have it anymore. Ah, uh, yes, a, a yes.
0: Park. Right by the Astrodome and, and such, yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. So we're thinking, hey, this is going to be a great way of spending our birthday with our dad and, you know, with our friends. You know, we loved his band. We we're there was our second family. And, uh, you know, hit the rides between shows. I think he was doing three little shows that day. That's, something, that's usually what they do at those theme parks. They've got a main stage. They do like a, a half-hour show so people can get back on the rides, and, you know, buying merchandise and stuff. So uh, he, he was doing great, and we were going on the rides, and, you know, it was fun having him on there. You know, we could just go on the like this American Eagle or whatever it was nine times and uh, I was a kid so I could do that back then so anyways we were having a great time and we'd go back uh, we went back to the hotel and there's a tradition uh, in our family that he started he was a big Three Stooges fan and you know a lot of bands uh, talk about things that they used to do on the road to just kind of pass the time some of it okay and some of it not so okay but you know you hear those stories about people destroying hotel rooms and all that and um, they did that once and, and I think, I don't know if you've ever heard the old rock and roll story about the, I think in the, in the movie Rockstar, where the maid walks in the room and the room has been epoxied upside down on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they did that once. Oh. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were the pioneers of that, which I thought was hysterical, but that was kind of his sense of humor, you know? And um, this time he, as a Three Stooges fan, you know, there were always whipped cream pie fights. And so the tradition was, if you were a Nelson male, you know, you didn't know when you were going to get it, but sometime during the day you're going to get a whipped cream pie to the face. <laughs> and you would, it, it, he got so good at this. He was the master of it because it wasn't really a throw. It was more of a placement because it has to be fast enough to get there and slow enough to where your brain goes, what is that? Is that a pie right before it hits you? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> your reflexes, if it's too fast, you duck. Right. So it's its a real art, okay? <laughs> I highly recommend you try this in your family, Okay. Because uh, we, were, we were at the hotel with the band, and uh, there was a massive pie fight with the band and everybody, and everybody got nailed or whatever, but it wasn't really our birthday pieing because we hadn't really gotten a very personal happy birthday pie. And uh, Gunnar and I were hanging with our dad after it was all over, laughing about it. And, you know, a couple hours after that, we're getting ready to go to, uh, you know, a, a dinner at Noggles or something, get some burgers and stuff like that. And he was shaving. And for about a half an hour, he was sitting there talking to us about school and our band and what's going on, and and uh, he, he kind of put his head in the in the sink, and he, he acted like he cut himself, and he went, ow, ow, and we were like, Pop, are you okay? And he had had, he had two pies in the sink mm. for a half an hour, and he just kind of turned around very slowly and went, happy birthday, and we both got it. He was a master. He was the Yoda of the birthday pie, so... So that's still a tradition that we have today. And, um, you know, Gunnar and I, it's funny. We do a, a, a Christmas show every year where at the end of it, we kind of run get a little kind of tapestry of our lives in video. And I have just, I have a, a, an incident where I just nail my brother with his birthday pie. And it's just a perfect placement, completely square, destroy him. <laughs> and that's in our show, just as a little homage to the birthday celebration.
0: Did he have any? Um, well, I mean, in, in terms of desserts or whatnot, well, it could very well be the the Three Stooges whipped cream pies. But were nope, there ice cream? Oh, okay. That so that was ice the traditional cream. thing to eat on his birthday.
1: Brother, ice cream is a Nelson tradition for all of us. Uh, I mean, so much so. Grandpa Ozzy used to work at an ice cream shop called Reed and Coops, which he wound up managing. He would break the Ozzy and Harriet show on Fridays early to take the entire crew, which is 35 people, and treat them to ice cream at Baskin Robbins when they had those stores. Hmm. Our dad was just, he just loved ice cream. There was always a a couple of pints in the freezer. You know, coffee was his, his, you know, and and when Haagen-Dazs happened, oh my gosh, he went to heaven. So, (laughs) and Gutter and I, speaking of, came up my first like really good job that I got while I was in high school was working at a Haagen-Dazs store when they had them. I, I managed a Haagen-Dazs store for two years. I hired Gunner to sweep the floors cause we loved ice cream so much. <laughs> and here we are all these years later. I mean, people don't know this, but our grandfather Ozzy's ice cream scoop is in the Smithsonian because it was, they had ice cream on the show so many times that, that they put that ice cream scooper in the Smithsonian. Oh and, wow. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's no question whatsoever. And, uh, you know, before he died, he actually had plans and was talking to developers for a, a bunch of malt shops called Ricky's. And uh, it wound up being something in Southern California called Ruby's, which they still have to this day. But um, that's what those developers did. They went ahead with it, and it was a big success. So, yeah, it, 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 we're an ice cream family, and that's definitely, that was his jam, was coffee ice cream.
0: Coffee ice cream. Fascinating. Yep. Considering all the mocha ice creams that are, was that right about the first time there was, like we mentioned with Häagen-Dazs, and of course all the here go all the varieties. Was that like the beginning of the like multiple wild variety of ice cream flavor thing beyond like you know vanilla and chocolate, strawberry, etc.
1: I don't know. I think I think Baskin Robbins kind of beat everybody to it a little bit. I mean, there was a funny. There was an episode of Ozzy and Harriet. It's a very famous one. It was called Tutti Frutti. And it was the whole show, half an hour, was based on my grandfather Ozzy having a craving for tutti frutti ice cream, whatever that was. <laughs> it's just called tutti frutti, and um, and so he was. They spent the whole time going to, you know, stores were all sold out. You know, and of course, they were. That was a precursor to things like Seinfeld. They could do a, an entire show around a bicycle because it was all about the people, not the thing that they were going for. Mm-hmm. But um, Baskin-Robbins, because of the success of the Ozzie and Harriet episode, came out with Tutti Fruity ice cream that week because it was so resounding. They they had so many requests in Baskin-Robbins, this big store, for Tutti Fruity ice cream. They had to create it because of that. <laughs> so um, to this day, I've got to tell you, I have not myself experienced Tutti Fruity ice cream. But I have a feeling it's out there, and this makes me want to, you know, go to my local there is a Baskin Robbins store here in Franklin Tennessee just to see if uh, they ever you know when they when they if they don't have it when they stop making it it was probably right around when the Ozzie and Harry show ended in 66
0: yeah i'm looking it up right now to see if uh, okay. not seeing anything immediately at least, so it might
1: uh, probably it's been a while i'm sure it's probably been decades but
0: but there are like but, the uh, ca- you know, the copycat ice cream recipe ones are out there so you might be able to recreate it
1: Oh, we probably could. I, I do know that, of course, Ben and Jerry's is kind of the, they're the guys that are really doing, like, literally, they should have a, a flavor they probably do called the kitchen sink, because it was like, they will throw anything in ice cream. It's like, you know, uh-huh. everything but the cone, you right. know, and there's like, you know, nine million ingredients, but Haagen-Dazs, actually, no, I think my dad, was, he loved it because it was pretty simple. If they had one thing, it was like coffee with chocolate chips in it. Ooh, that's really, that's really daring, you know, mm-hmm. but, um. I you know I can't believe we're we're talking so much about ice cream, but but seriously, my my parallel universe is one day having an ice cream store near a surfing break in Costa Rica. There you go. Wow, that sounds like a good life. Wow, dang. Hey, why not? You can come and visit.
0: I I would absolutely. Uh,
1: I, sure, we'll go surfing and then we'll hit the ice cream store.
0: Be yeah. Great. Well, you'd rather do that because the other way around could get a little. Uh... Like queasiness could could be a little uh, on the not so good side. So, what are you going to be doing (laughs) Sunday for the 82nd birthday celebration? What what are the plans a couple days from now?
1: Well, I'm I'm thinking that that my brother and I are probably going to grab a couple of guitars and our drummer and and head to a place called Tuckets in Leaper's Fork, which is about 15 minutes from where I live. If you can imagine a uh, you know a little tiny southern one gas station town, that's Leaper's Fork. And they've got a place there called Puckett's General Store, and a lot of live music, like really serious musicians come in and out of there just because it's closer to their house. And I'm thinking to do an impromptu kind of uh, Ricky Nelson birthday show would be really fun to do at Puckett's. So that's my plan.
0: Cool. That's going to be fun. And yeah, every, every year you're doing that. Next year will be the 83rd, 84th after that. Um, are you having ice cream at the show, or at the little performance? I have.
1: Absolutely, Absol- I have ice cream every day. No, I mean uh, not every day, but uh, I, I yeah. I, why not? I think it's that's a good tradition. It's just the thing is like you know it, I can't pie him. That's the that's the bummer. You know I can't hit him with a pie. Really? Uh, but uh, I'll I'll definitely uh, you know tip a glass to him and, and have a little bit of ice cream afterwards.
0: Sounds good. It sounds like a fun yeah. uh, day on Sunday. Weather should be uh, hopefully. No, it's going to be nice up here. What's what's it like down in uh, Tennessee right now?
1: Well, we got a little bit of clouds, a little bit of wind, an occasional rainstorm, and stuff like that. You know, which part of uh, Wisconsin are you in right now? The
0: western part, So it's, um, I mean, we're. It's weird. We've had a cold April, like really cold April, and then yeah. But here's the thing. Next week, highs in the low 80s. The dew points probably in the mid 60s we're we're skipping past spring we're already into summer next week and we're all like
1: wait 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 what what what's going on here <laughs> hang on Get- so you're going to be out on the lake cuz basically i got gotcha. you. my my uh, i have family up in northeast iowa kind of near lacrosse and so I get up there quite a bit, and they had snow, I think, this last week. That so yep. it was crazy. It, it it, yeah. it,
0: well, as they like to say around here, the, the old saying in Western Wisconsin, when my dad was alive, he would always say, and it, it's not unique to him, everyone would say it. It's like, it's three months of summer and nine months of bad, or three months of <clears throat> restart, nine months of winter, three months of bad sledding. That's the saying around here.
1: Oh, okay. That's I've never heard that one before, but I
0: like that thing. It's kind of true. With you. I mean, it's, it's an exaggeration, but it, it's kind of true around here. Where in Northeast Iowa, by the way?
1: Uh, a little town called Wakon, which is in ah. Decorah.
0: Yes, yes, yes. You know? I know Wakon very well because I went to college at Luther over yeah, in Decorah. My
1: wife. my wife went to college at Luther. Oh, really? So, really? Yeah. Really? yeah. Oh my uh, really? gosh! That's so cool. Yeah, us Luther so, alums. Are we going to talk about Paideia? Are you going to? Oh
0: yes. Uh... <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're speaking. what I'm talking about. Yes, you're speaking my language now. That you have to be involved with Luther to know Paideia. Oh my gosh! What year did she graduate?
1: Uh, I don't. You know, I have to ask her. I don't know. She's she's uh a little younger than I. She's seven years younger than I am. But. Um... She said, it was, first of all, it's a great campus, yes. uh, and really, it's pretty much an Ivy League level. I know you're an intelligent person, because she is. She's sharp as a whip, uh, but uh, I love that town, and I love that part of the country, just because it's called the Driftless, and yes. it's, uh, you've got, you actually have, like, it's almost like high desert kind of vibe. you got hills, which is unique to Iowa, mm-hmm. and um, it's more more Wisconsin, really, if you think about it, and there are trout streams, and I'm a big fisherman, so mm-hmm. I like to get up there, and." hang out and stuff. I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm up in that kind of, you know, Northeast Iowa, uh, lower Wisconsin area a lot. And I love it there.
0: It is so, so beautiful. I always love the drive down when when we drive down to campus and we're coming straight south from, from, I mean, from an Eau Claire. So you drive through and, of course, through Mississippi and there's the bluffs and everything. So there's plenty of that. But the best part is you get into northern Iowa and it actually gets flat for a little bit if you're going down Highway 52 from the north. And it's flat and flat and flat. And if I'm with someone who's never been there, they're like, well, really, you're going to be on a plane here? Just like, wait for it. And then uh-huh. the hill, yep. then it starts to go down into the valley, and there's the campus. And it's like, this is in Iowa. Yes, <laughs> it gets it's so.
1: An, it's like a little, it's fantastic a little Scandinavian town, and yes. and it's uh, you can see all that Nordic kind of stuff, and they have uh, Norse fest and all this stuff. But, you know, I actually spent a lot of time up there, and I choose to drive the two and a half hours up to uh, Minneapolis when I'm doing shows because I think it's so beautiful, mm-hmm. and I, I love Minneapolis, anyways. You know, I love, I love. Mm-hmm. I love I love that part of the country, and uh, you know, probably wind up living there at some point. But um, yes, you know, I'm Gunner sorry. and I, we're, we're releasing new music and stuff, and so we're going to kind of have to stick in in Tennessee, in Nashville, for a, a little bit. Um, I am enjoying the fact that there is no state tax here, folks. <laughs> but you didn't hear that from me. That's but, um, well, you
0: know, it's a draw. It's it definitely is. But I will say, even, yeah. I will say, it is absolutely gorgeous up here. And if you ever do settle around either Minnesota or Western Wisconsin, I mean you know you've been up here enough, but if you can handle the cold we'll winters, you, you'll you'll like it. Oh. You'll you'll definitely like it up, and it doesn't get as hot and humid as it does down in Tennessee. That's for sure. It it, it a little bit, oh. nothing like down there.
1: Well, you can see with Gunnar and I, we kind of look like Vikings. We are Nordic. You know, we we have uh, we're we're Swedish, uh, Austrian folks. So we like it cold. I I'm pretty okay with it. Good, you know? good. I don't mind snow and cold. I'm good with it. You know, my Obviously, if you've been away from it, away from it, and, you know, you move out of there like my wife did, she's like, my my blood has gotten very thin, you know, <laughs> because when you're up there, you can handle it a whole lot better, but, uh, you know, it's so the one thing. She always wants to, I think we're uh, going to be up there a little bit more, but she always says, man, when those winters hit, they are serious winters, mm-hmm. you know, not kind of serious. It's cold. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, actually, Minnesota, it was, uh, Gunnar and I, it was, uh, we, it was minus 32 degrees once when we were there. Yep. And um, that's cold. That's not even kind of that serious cold. Sounds about and, right. Uh, oh, yeah. It's it's it's
0: extreme up here. It, it gets that way. So, yeah, I mean... Well, it,
1: you know what I've noticed that people do? I'm a big car guy, and, uh, you know, I like vintage cars and muscle cars, and gonna I restore them. And I've noticed that there's some amazing old cars up there because people spend so much time in the winters having to do something. So they usually pick a project, and by the time, you know, spring or summer roll around, they've got this beautiful thing that used to be a rust bucket. That they've worked on for months in the garage, so mm-hmm. I don't mind it.
0: Yeah, you know? it's it's not a bad thing. There, we've we've adapted to the to we we adapt hard up here to that sort of stuff. <laughs> we're a, we're a hearty bunch, and I, as a fellow uh, Scandinavian compared to and to, to you guys, I'm I'm a whole lot of Norwegian, like half Norwegian, a little bit of Swedish. So I'm in that same boat of like, yep, bring it on. I'm okay with it. Bring it on. It, it's, it's, I, can,
1: I can see how our ancestors found it and went, oh, yeah, we're home. Yeah. we home. We live here.
0: Last thing before I let you go, I can tell you from – have you, by the way, have you ever been to Norway?
1: I have not. Okay. I have not. Um, i I want to go. Obviously, things are a little weird now. I'm I'm not going to I'm probably going to stick in the U.S. for the foreseeable future. (laughs) You know, it might be
0: a good (laughs) idea, especially up yonder. I mean, if you get to Finland, it's getting a little too close for comfort. So, yeah, maybe maybe just as well. But I can tell you, the one time I was there was on actually was on Luther College uh, Nordic Choir from Luther College. They had a a tour and uh-huh. uh we we went to norway my senior year and we're driving north of oslo on our way to wherever we were going or or no we were we just landed we're driving into oslo and okay. the the hills around that area looked almost like a carbon copy of what i see north of lacrosse in the mississippi river valley and i've i've taken that route wow. a million times th- yeah and i looked i remember looking around going okay i get it i see why the norwegian settlers stayed here because it looks so much like where they're from. I get it. It's,
1: you know what? It's funny. I thought, thank you for confirming that, because I honestly thought that must have been what it was. This must look so much like home that when they got there, they went, this is it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can see it, too. I can see the rolling hills. I mean, I've seen the photos. I haven't been there personally, but I can see that very much so, especially kind of like where Luther College is. You kind of drop into that little valley and stuff, and you see it very, it looks really Like you're in little Switzerland or something. It is. It's bizarre. You know, kind of is. And now I'm getting homesick for my second home. So I got (laughs) to get up there. Hopefully this summer we'll get up there and play some shows for you guys. That would. We're in in Minnesota a lot.
0: Very good. Well, we'll keep an eye on the tour dates. Uh, Have a happy birthday celebration, Matthew Nelson. Talking about Ricky Nelson's 82nd birthday and all. This was a fun, fun, fun chat. All the best, and I'm sure I'll talk to you guys thank at some you. point down the road, and uh, hopefully uh, yeah. see. Maybe we'll run into run into you at Luther at some point. I think the odds are. Maybe, are there. maybe
1: we maybe we will. We can go to the Whippy Dip and share some ice cream right down yes. the street. Yes, but, yes. But um, see, I know, I know, I know all your your local haunts. Well, I'm going to say this. Listen, thank you for everything. I hope we get to do this again really soon. Tell your wife. I hope she she gets better. Don't don't sweat. It'll all come back. I'm glad you're healthy again, and you know, take care of yourself and God bless.
0: All right. Same to you as well. All the best. And i uh, talk to you down the road.
1: You got it. Take care.
0: Well, that was kind of revelatory. Oh my gosh. I had no idea that Matthew Nelson's wife is a fellow Luther alum. That is really, really cool. Um, I, I got to say, when it comes to Luther College alumni, we, we are, we like flock together. So that, that's really awesome to get that revelation in that. Matthew and Gunnar Nelson are performing in a whole lot of capacities as Nelson, of course. Ricky Nelson remembered and more. If you want to know what they're doing, MatthewandGunnarNelson.com. MatthewandGunnarNelson.com. They're on social media. A lot, you can find all of the links at their website. Again, that's Matthew and Gunner Nelson dot com this has been the latest edition of the got time for a quick story podcast thanks to my employer greatest Hits 98.1 radio in eau claire wisconsin for providing the facilities to do um these interviews you can listen to it, and in some cases watch these interviews at greatest it's 98.1.com look for features and then look for interviews at the top of the page or go to our youtube channel I have a lot of those interviews there as well um Also, thanks to Melissa Kusirik who set up this interview once again, uh, for arranging a lot of these interviews and doing a great job with that. Thanks much, Melissa. You can find this podcast on a lot of the usual platforms um, on. Apple, Android, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Subscribe so you find out about the latest uh, episodes and also rate it, preferably higher, which would spread the word around a little bit more about. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.